Hi, and welcome to another episode of Raising His Kids, a podcast for stepmoms. We're your hosts. I'm Lauren, a child-free stepmom of one, hoping for an hour's baby soon. And I'm Tony, a bio mom of two and a stepmom of two. We are two stepmoms who, although we live at opposite ends of the world, quickly bonded over how we all deal with the same Karen as we navigate our lives raising his kids. So today we are talking about Disney parents, um, specifically Disney dads. Um, And the definition for that is a non-custodial parent who indulges his or her child with gifts and good times during visitation and leaves most or all disciplinary responsibilities to the other parent. And we got that from parents.com. Nice. I got a talking point from one of our listeners, which was how to determine if you or your partner is the Disney parent. That's a good question. Because sometimes it could be like a little hard to tell. It can be. I responded to her just saying, wait, I should bring up exactly what I said because I'm a few wines in. (laughs) I responded to her by saying, Basically, if they are just focused on being the fun parent and not doing any actual parenting. Right. I figured that was the simplest way to explain it because it took me a while to realize that my husband was being a Disney parent when we first got together. But in hindsight, even though it frustrated me then, I don't entirely blame him now. I don't like... I I know like our next like point is like why dads become the Disney parent, but I don't blame them at all. If you have like every other weekend with your kid, you shouldn't have to be the one to take them to like get their hair cut or like go to the doctor or like whatever. That should be the full, like you're, the mom has them full time. You should just get to do fun stuff with them for the most part, like discipline them and stuff, of course. But if you're only seeing them every other weekend, you should be having fun with them. Absolutely. Um, I know that when we only had the boys every other weekend, it frustrated me as a bio mom to Big K because it was like there was double standards in the home. And I added that to our talking points, which is further down. How does your spouse being a Disney parent to their bio kids impact your bio kids and or any ours babies? And for me, it was that Big K lived by these rules 10 days a fortnight then two days a fortnight he would be with his dad and the other two days would be when big and little jay would come visit and we would do things together and the rules would change oh yeah that's hard i i had a big problem with it but in hindsight now where we have the boys five nights a fortnight and half the school holidays i go i actually get it now right And I shouldn't have been so pissed at the time because he wasn't around to discipline the kids and be a fully involved parent because Karen wouldn't let him. Right. So I get it now that, yes, when he saw the kids, he wanted to go to theme parks. And I shouldn't hate on that because it meant that I was still doing these fun things with my son, even though I was making him live this strict do your chores 10 days a fortnight. (laughs) He still got those fun times. So I definitely get it. Yeah. I mean, that's hard too, though, when you have a kid involved who's not like being Disney parented. So his routine is like completely upset, even though like I understand why your husband did it too. But like his his routine is upset and that like knocks things off for kids a lot. So I understand you being upset about it. And he wasn't being Disney parented by his dad either. Right. Unless you include eating takeaway every night you stayed there, you know, he was being shuffled between seeing his dad, seeing his grandparents. They didn't go out and do fun things. You'd ask him, oh, what'd you do this weekend? Did you have a good weekend? Oh, we stayed at home. We ate Maccas. You know, it was, he wasn't getting that there. And that, I guess that's why in hindsight, I shouldn't have been so pissed off in, at it in the beginning because at least he was having fun weekends with us when he wasn't having fun weekends with his dad. Right. But I do get it. And I I see it now more with his dad that he gets the three days a fortnight and the one dinner visit that he's doing more fun stuff. But I'm not preventing his dad from being an active parent. You know, yeah. He has the option to show up to doctor's appointments if he chooses. He has the option to show up to parent-teacher interviews if he chooses. He has that option there to take up 50-50 custody if he chose. 
but he's content with his three days a fortnight. Right. So he has the option for 50-50? I've said it to him what what feels like a million times. Oh, wow. That there was one point where I was struggling so bad with Big K and I was like, I need you to take him. You need to have him more. Yeah. When we went to mediation last year, I fully went in prepared that after withholding for two two months, two, three months, I withheld custody because BK had told me that he didn't feel safe there. And I oh. went in fully prepared that his dad would turn around and say, I want 50-50 custody. And all he asked for was one extra night a fortnight to have him really? Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. Oh, okay. And then, I, and then I said to his dad, do you want the midweek dinner visits? Because they're currently in our parenting plan and you haven't executed your right to have a midweek dinner visit every week. I said, all I want you to do is pick a night and stick to it so yeah. that I can work my schedule around it. He goes, oh, I can't stick to every week, maybe once a fortnight. That's so hard. You know what I mean? So I you guess, guys live like, close, right? Yeah, we're only 20 minutes apart. Oh, yeah. It's easy. Even if we were an hour apart, we make it work for the boys so he yeah. can make it work. Yeah, and you're any right. More, any more than an hour makes it difficult. And But at the same time, I don't resent him. If he wants to be the Disneyland parent, that's fine. I'll continue being the default parent. Right. And I'm just not going to hold any expectations of him anymore. Sometimes that's all you can do is just let go of your expectations. Absolutely. And that goes for stepmoms or if there's any bio moms listening. We don't know if they're listening either. But if there's a Disneyland parent involved, whether you're a stepmom and it's your spouse or whether you're the bio mom and it's your ex and you're listening to this podcast just to get a different perspective, just lower your expectations. Yeah. Because they probably feel like they're doing the best they can yes for the I would definitely say for the most part um I have like later in our notes but it fits here I feel like there's two types of Disney parents one of them being like someone who's like never around so for example I have a friend whose ex-husband is never ever around and then just like for Christmas he'll send like boatloads of gifts to these kids and then they're like they're like, oh, like, so grateful, whatever. Um, but he never actually sees them. And then, like, if he's coming into town, he'll, like, take them shopping and, like, get them presents and all that. Never actually spends any time with them. The other type of Disney parent, which is what we were talking about, is they do see them every other weekend or whatever the court order allows. And they're just trying to have fun with their kid in, like, the small amount of time that they have with them. So yeah. the first kind, I feel like, is never okay and they're not doing the best they can. No, that is not okay. And it's funny that you say that you have a friend because I've got a friend that I met on Instagram and her ex, her eldest son's father is the same. And I think on paper, he has like 9% custody. And she just posted about how she has to keep changing their court orders because his work schedule keeps changing. Oh. And his he puts his work first and he's a FIFA and he has him like one weekend a month if that. And he, she received a text message today going, oh, my work schedule's changed. I've just flown in today, but our son can go to my parents next weekend. Oh, that sucks. So their kid's not even seeing their dad and he's right. putting in no, no effort at all going, oh, you know, I know it's my scheduled time. My work schedule's changed. Can we make adjustments? No, it's just like, eh, I'll miss out on my time. He can see my parents. That's good enough. Oh my God. What a mess. So, but yeah, as you were saying, the buying gifts, not actually spending any quality time with them, not acceptable. But as frustrating as it is to see your spouse be a Disney parent, you've got to understand where they're coming from. Right. I agree. And it's like, it it may not be like the right or correct thing to do, but just being like understanding of why they're doing it will go a long way. Absolutely. And- I guess I didn't see it in the time, but I gave my son special memories when my husband and I got first got together because they were things that I was not doing. I wasn't p- paying to 
for theme park tickets to take him to a theme park every other weekend. My husband paid for that. He paid for my ticket and my son's ticket so that we could go there as a family before we were even together. That's one of the things that we did every fortnight. We'd go visit one of the theme parks because we're lucky to live close by to the theme parks here in Australia. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) So I was lucky, basically, is what I'm trying to say. And I guess you could say that even though I was being full-time, angry, strict, working mum, everything routine, everything ordered, on weekends I I basically became a Disneyland parent. Right. In I mean, hindsight, that's definitely I hard. Yeah. I mean, in your situation where, like, you, you're parenting all these kids differently, like, that also adds another challenge to it, I'm sure. Absolutely. And I guess now that we have more more custody of the other boys. It's a little bit more equal. It's a little bit more shared. We still go to theme parks, but not every weekend that we have them. Right. Because we were going like every day that we had them. We'd hit up one theme park and then the next day we'd hit up the other theme park. That's crazy. (laughs) Now we have that opportunity to have more balance because we have more custody. And it's something that I didn't see before because my husband did only see the boys Friday and Saturday night all day Saturday and he only got half of Sunday because especially when they were living in New South Wales, that was a two hour drive. If they had daylight savings, then he had to have them back an hour earlier. So he missed out on three hours. Right. Like, so he really only had them for one, one and a half days. Yeah. That's how we used to be. Yeah. That's it. When my husband was like Disney parenting, it was like, he really only saw him for one day. Otherwise, it was like bed and drop off. So now we have him for a couple more nights. So it's not as bad, but. Yeah. And that's one reason why I'm glad at the very least that Big K's dad agreed to the Sunday. Well, he actually was the one who suggested it. It was on my piece of paper. Like top of my list was take your kid 50-50 and be a responsible (laughs) parent. Second on my list was have him Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, because I don't want to see you. That, that yeah. was my second topic on my list. And I'm glad that when the media said, so what do you both want from this? I said, well, he can speak first. And he said, I want Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. I went, is that it? And so yeah. I agreed to it. I was like, okay, that's fine, whatever, because I didn't want to see him. But at least now he gets all day Saturday and all day Sunday with Big K. And not only does he get that time with Big K, Big K gets that time with his dad. And his brother, right? And his brother, yeah. And that that is important. So those relationships are important, even if he only gets to be the Disney dad and he's not doing the disciplining or making sure he does his homework. Like he came, Big K came home on Monday. He didn't practice his viola. He's just started playing viola at school and he's meant to practice every day and a parent has to sign it. Oh wow. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sign for the days he's not with me, but he didn't practice when he wasn't with me. And he came home and told me that he was late for practice on Monday because his dad didn't get into school on time and he got in trouble with his teacher. And I'm like, well, you better message your dad. Because yeah. <laughs> if I message him, he is not going to give a crap that you that I'm messaging him to say that you got in trouble. So, so you need to tell him that you're cranky because you got in trouble because he didn't get you to school on time. I said, and while you're at it, make point of the fact that you didn't do your music homework and he didn't make you do your music homework and you got in trouble for not doing your music homework. (laughs) And I'm not saying that I was making my son tell his dad how to parent, but my son came home and he was upset. He got in trouble. It's like, well, you need to tell your dad how that makes you feel. Yeah, I agree with that. Because I can't do that. I can't say you're upset. You got in trouble because of this, that, and the other. You have to tell him you got in trouble with the music teacher because you didn't do this, this, and this while you were with him. Yeah. Communication for sure. And it means a lot more coming from the kid. It does. And this is a program that his dad wanted to put him into. Oh, okay. Did he want to do it too? Oh, he did. So he wanted to do it. He came home to his dad's house with the paperwork. His dad filled it out, submitted it, then asked my opinion, blah, 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 blah. So I was like... I wasn't even the default parent on this decision. Right. I was finding out after the fact. I didn't even sign the permission slips. All I did was fill out saying that I would pay for the hire of the instrument from the school. Oh. <laughs> because I knew that if I didn't sign it, he wasn't going to get an instrument. Yeah. But, you know, so that was that was something that they worked out together. 
that was a commitment that they made together. Yeah. So that that's one aspect where you could actually parent if you so focused on being the Disney parent. Yeah. And his practice yeah, isn't long. It's like 10 minutes a day. Oh, really? Like how hard is it to get that's... it out? Because he's, he's still at beginner level. So he mm-hmm. just has to pluck a few strings and do it a few times. He hasn't even figured out how to use the bow yet. Oh, okay. So it's very beginner level. And his dad's into music. Like his whole dad's side of the family play instruments. Oh, that's cool. So why isn't that something they could do together? Instead of turning it into, oh, you've got a chore to do music, I'll get my bass guitar out or I'll get my ukulele out while you play your viola and we'll do it together. Definitely. That's like a perfect activity for them to do together. It is, but I can't suggest that. (laughs) If I suggested it's wrong, who never (laughs) knows? They're probably still listening, so. (laughs) True. Maybe they might take it on board now. Maybe. But, yeah, so he came home upset and I told him to take it up with his dad because it's not my fault. He wasn't in my care. If he was in my care, I would have made him do it. Right. It's like when he does his midweek Wednesday dinner visit with his dad, he never gets dropped home on time, so he doesn't have time to practice, so I make him do it on the Saturday instead. And then I sign it. Right. So if he's not doing it on the Friday, make him do it on the Saturday or the Sunday. But by the time Monday comes around, his teacher's already checking his book. It's too late. Right. That's frustrating. That's um definitely where like some disciplining needs to be had in like stuff like that, even if you are the Disney parent. But um I could definitely see some dads not doing it. I can or some parents. Yeah, well I was gonna say I know that there's definitely some Karen's out there that even when they have primary custody or they want to throw out that they're the primary carer, they still don't make the kids do the homework. Right. You know, Big J's in high school now, so we have this app where we get notifications from the teacher. Like, it's almost like a text message. It comes through that instant, basically saying, your child was late to class. Your child didn't submit their homework. Your child didn't submit their assessment. Oh, my God. So- it- <laughs> That's horrible. Glad that it wasn't so around. It- yes, that is horrible. <laughs> um, oh, my God. It tells us exactly on the days that he was given his assessments and when his assessments are due, including the draft and the final copy. And he's and in he's high school? First year of high school. So grade I seven is like, the first year of high school. I feel like he should be responsible for that, not like you knowing exactly when everything's due so that he can do it. Well, so he gets access to the is too. This is just the parents' sides. The parents have access to it so that they're aware. So that if they go, hey, do you have homework? Oh, no, I don't have homework. Oh, well, actually, you do. (laughs) Because I guess they found that there were so many kids going, I don't have homework. I don't have an assignment. So that's why we have access to it. And that way, if he's late to class, we get notified. If he doesn't submit it on time, we get notified. And there's been so many times where when he's in his mother's care, he hasn't submitted stuff. He's shown up to classes late. And we're like, what's going on? He goes, oh, I don't know. Like we got a let an email at eight thirty last week one night. It was at eight thirty p.m. one night. My phone's going off, and it's his Japanese teacher that he's consistently late to class. He's disrupting the class, misbehaving, everything. I get it. The kid struggles with English. He shouldn't be forced to learn another language if he struggles with the basic language that his first language. Yeah. But the school don't take that into consideration. Every kid has to do another language, at least the first right. year of high school. So we said to him, at the very least, try your best and behave and participate. Yes. Right. It, you know, if if you're behaving and you're participating, when you get a D, we're not going to care. But when you're behaving like this and you get a D, then we care. Right. And when when my husband and I spoke to him, we were under the assumption that his mother had already spoken to him and apparently she had not. He knew nothing about the fact that we actually have contact with his individual teachers because he was oblivious to the fact that we had access to this app. Really? He was oblivious. He thought that he just had access and that we could just see some stuff, but he didn't realize we could communicate in real time with his teachers. Oh, wow. (laughs) So... We actually have a Karen who's the primary carer that still wants to be the Disney parent. She right. doesn't take the kids for haircuts. She just wants to do fun stuff. There's no rules. 
they basically do what they want, what they want. And she wonders why there's so many issues with Big J at school or then just all round problems with Little J and lack of discipline. Right. And I mean, you really can't be the Disney parent when you have 50-50 or more custody. Like then you have to be a full on involved parent. It's really only when you get like every other weekend or like the once a month or whatever it is. Absolutely. But she still likes to throw around that she's the primary carer. Of course. Yeah. (laughs) Like, and I was talking to a friend of mine today and I was like, I am the primary carer of Big K, but it doesn't stop me from trying to get his dad to be more involved. Right. Just, just because he has every other weekend custody doesn't mean he can't show up to doctor's appointments. Doesn't mean he can't show up to the parent teaching interviews. I don't know why these other Karens stop the father of their child from showing up to these appointments. I feel like it's a a control thing. Like in our case, it's like we only get the information that she gives us and she likes it that way. So like she doesn't want us going to those things. So we don't even know about them until after they're done. Um, We just got a copy of the school calendar from the school. So at least we'll know about the parent teacher conferences now, but Um, before we didn't know any of that, like even with doctor's appointments, we don't know until it's over and she gives us Mm -hmm. just the information that she wants us to have and nothing more. So in our case, it's a control thing. We'll wait until you read one of those emails that I sent you that my husband's sending later tonight, because yeah, it's a control thing. Like there's some vital information that we're missing Mm -hmm. and important information. Like, so with little Jay's new diagnosis he can get so he can get so his parents can get a carer's allowance to help support him oh okay so this is a government funded because it's classed as an actual disability so autism is classed as an actual disability so he can actually get so his parents or his households can get money from the government to help support him with his therapies and everything like that and she's trying to keep it a secret from my husband But we actually received a letter from the pediatrician stating that the pediatrician filled out a form so that she could apply for the NDIS and so that she could apply for a carer's allowance. So in one of the emails, it hits back with, I need a copy of those letters too, because he has two households and we have shared custody. Yeah. Can you apply also or only one parent can? No. So because it's a split household both parents can apply and it would be split based on the care arrangement. Okay. That makes sense. So she could claim 60% and my husband could claim 40%. Whereas in the case of, so big K is going through the same process of getting the same diagnosis. So when it comes through for him, because his dad only has like 21 or 24% care, I can't remember what it is. He's not eligible for it. Oh, Okay. But I would be able to claim a percentage based on the care that I have. So I wouldn't get 100%, but I'd get a percentage. But because his dad has minimal care and isn't taking him to therapies and stuff like that, he wouldn't be eligible for that access, for that carer's allowance. Whereas the NDIS is another government thing, which is basically it's the kid's money, the the person with the disability's money. And- you have to list representatives and she's said numerous times, yes, I will list you as the father. It's like, no, you must also list me as a representative because yeah. he has two households. He needs a representative from either household. It's one thing to list parent A, parent B. You also need representative A, representative B. hundred percent. Yeah. So that could definitely turn into like some sort of financial abuse or something. I'm not saying she would, cause I don't know her at all, but if like the wrong person had that, it could definitely turn into that. Absolutely. It's like some people have told me that when applying for the NDIS, and I know the American listeners will not know anything what I'm talking about, but it's basically government funding to help pay for his therapies. And I've been told, especially in our situation, we should opt for a plan managed NDIS scheme. So it's where a third party manages it and we submit invoices for his therapies and they distribute the money that way. Because otherwise, if she applies for it and doesn't list my husband as a representative, she could have full access to like $12,000 a year. And we're not going to know that she's actually directing it to where it needs to go. Yeah. That, yeah, I 
would definitely be concerned about that too. Like we don't want the money. We don't need the yeah. money. Like applying for the carer's allowance would be great because it means that we'd get a discount on his ADHD medication. But that's the only reason that I'm actually wanting it. So that because his medication costs more than my contraceptive pill. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like it costs us like $56 a month for his ADHD really? medication. And he's just been, and that that's on the PBS. So that's on the government prescription scheme. So it's already discounted, but it could get discounted even further if that's we had a, a healthcare lot. card. Yeah. <laughs> My contraceptive pill is like $75 for three months. Even that seems like a lot. <laughs> yeah. And that's not government funded. Whereas his ADHD medication is government funded and it's still $56 a month. And he's just been prescribed another medication. Oh, man. On top of that. So we're going to be spending like $100 a month on medication. I need that healthcare card. Yeah. That, that's definitely. all I want. But like the NDIS, it it's a lot of money to handle. And I don't think any one parent, especially in a blended family, should be allowed to handle it. And it definitely should be plan managed in that fact because I I don't know, we're getting just like distracted from the Disneyland parent. I just need to <laughs> kind of get this stuff off my chest today. But no one parent should be able to control where that money goes. I agree. Yeah. So, also, for someone under 18, both parents should be listed as a representative like automatically if they're both caring for the kid. Absolutely. But they basically go if you're in one household. So, for example, if parents were still together, they generally only list one parent. Oh, okay. Because one parent normally handles it. Right. So a lot of my friends who have autistic children that are on, that have an NDIS plan, they only list generally the mother as the representative. Okay. Because there's no need for the father to be the representative because they're still in one household. Yeah. But, but what if, also, like, something happened to the mom and, like, sh- like something, I don't know, she wasn't able to do it? Would they have to, like, refill out the paperwork to make another representative? Yeah, probably. I haven't looked yeah. that far into it because we haven't filled out the paperwork yet. Right. <laughs> um, I'll let you know when it comes to my turn to do it because I could list his father as a representative because I really don't care. He wants to, If he wants to deal with it. Be my guest because I don't want to be running around to occupational therapists and speech therapists and doing that. Take responsibility. Yeah. (laughs) So, but yeah, so there are going to be some interesting reads that I guess you can read on your break today. Yeah. (laughs) I'm interested in them. All right. So where were we at? Let's get back to talking about Disneyland parents because I sidetracked you too much there. Uh, So we got the first like three bullet points. We didn't mean to talk about the, is it okay for parents to be a Disney parent, but we actually did. So that kind of worked out. Excellent. So now it would just be uh, being a Disney parent can hurt the kids. All right. Well, I didn't touch on how it could hurt the kids, but I did touch on like my feelings of from like big case perspective, having the two different rules. Like Right. It was basically his home and the boys were visiting, even though we tried to make it the boys' home too. They basically were visitors. And so he had one rule when they weren't here and another rule when they were here. And sometimes my husband still falls back into that trap. Mm -hmm. So Big K is expected to do the dishes. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So Big K is expected to help with the dishes. Sometimes in the morning if there's time, otherwise my husband does it but every afternoon. But then when the boys are here, my husband makes sure that he does the dishes so that the kids don't have to. Oh, okay. And I'm like, well, then you should be doing the dishes every day. Yeah. Regardless of if the boys are here. Or you stop doing the dishes and you make them do it because Big K's doing it the other days that they're not here. Right. Yeah. That I think so, that's fair. <laughs> That that's one way that it can hurt the kids and it can be emotional because Big K would be like, Well, how come I always have to do it but yeah. the other boys don't? That's a fair question. It is. It is a fair question. So I think it was like last fortnight or maybe the fortnight before I said, You will not do the dishes. I don't think yeah. I've ever told my husband not to do this. She's going, just do not do it. Make those boys do it. They don't need to play the iPad in the morning before school. They can do the dishes. Yeah. Growing up, I didn't get to play video games. It was do your dishes, do your jobs, get ready for school. Maybe if there was time, you could watch TV. 
Right. <laughs> Same. I know there's like a lot going on like around right now about how making your kids do chores like isn't good for them. But really? Yeah. I'm like, I don't see how. Like we make my stepson do chores. I'm gonna make our ours baby do chores once she's old enough. Like I don't understand why you would not do them. Like you live in this house, you should help with it. Absolutely. And not only that, you're teaching them life skills. Miss Kay can make her own bed. She's been making her own bed since we transitioned her to a bed, which was, I want to say it was when we came home from Fiji last year. So about October, November, it was before Christmas, we transitioned her to a bed. She has to make her bed every morning, the same as we expect the boys, the same as we make our bed every morning. I don't care if it's not perfect. As long as she picks her pillows and her teddies up off the floor and puts her blanket back on her bed, Right. <laughs> That's fine. I'll go in and I'll fix it. That's fine. I'll make it neat. And sometimes she gets distressed and she goes, Mommy, help. I can't do it. I said, like, I'll help, but you have to help me do it. And she's like, okay. Right. But she also will willingly help me load the washing machine. She'll help me move the clothes to the washing machine to the dryer, given I have to put them on the floor first so that she can reach them. Right. <laughs> but she wants to help me do those things. And she'll yeah. help me, she'll help us load and unload the dishwasher. I feel oh, like really? good life skills. She knows that when yeah. she finishes eating, she picks her bowl up, she picks her plate up, her cup, whatever she's got, she puts it in the sink. Yeah. And if she's headed to the sink and I say, oh, baby, can you put it in the dishwasher? Because the dishwasher's dirty. She'll open the dishwasher and she'll put it in the dishwasher. And she's well, three. <laughs> yeah. That's what, like, Train first of all, uh, yeah, at that age, they want to help. So if you don't, like, train them to work then they're you're gonna have a real hard time with it once they're older absolutely and I guess I can't really speak on it since I don't have a kid but absolutely I can because big and little jay did not know what doing dishes were did not know what picking a plate up they would leave the table and leave their dishes at the table Mm -hmm. they didn't make beds well like I've said before little jay didn't even wipe his own ass for himself when I first met him and he was five everything was done for them yeah. And it still was done for them and it still is done for them in the other house. We make the boys make their own lunch. They're 12, yeah. 10 and 8. Make your lunch. Yeah. <laughs> I pre-make most of the food. Like I'll pre-make sandwiches that are, they can toast in the sandwich toaster. I make um, little scrolls. I don't know. Do you know what that is? Oh, yeah. You've got cinnamon scrolls, but I make like savory ones like oh. pizza scrolls and Vegemite cheese scrolls, ham and cheese scrolls like a savory version of a cinnamon scroll, basically. I have made cinnamon scrolls from scratch before too, but like, and I'll bake them cupcakes and everything like that and I'll freeze it. So they literally just have to grab it out of the freezer and put it in their lunchbox. Right. It's like pick what you want. Like pick what you want. They rarely have to make anything other than maybe a sandwich if they want a sandwich. Right. The the bread's there, the butter's there, the jam, the Vegemite, the peanut butter, it's all there just – pick something and put it on some bread yeah it's not that hard it's not that hard but I can't believe that you've heard it mustn't have made its way down here yet that it's not good to make your children do chores because that's just ridiculous and I will continue to make my kids do chores I think it's crazy too but I just keep seeing like all these articles about it and I'm like I'm just gonna ignore that because um that's irrelevant to me (laughs) yeah that's that's crazy and do you guys make tea do chores Yes, we do. His mom doesn't. So he's very, very reluctant to do them with us. And it's like pulling teeth to get him to even bring his plate in after dinner. It's like, Mm -hmm. it is really hard to make him like do things. Sometimes he wants to, like when he was like peeing on the seat a lot, um, my (laughs) husband made him clean the bathroom every time there's pee on the seat. And then he was like looking forward to cleaning the bathroom. So it's like, okay, that you look forward to, but asking you to bring your plate in after dinner is like the worst thing we could possibly do. So it's really like hit or miss with his cooperation, but we do make him do it. It still is with all three of my boys. And I've been doing it with Big K since he could walk and talk. I think they get to an age and T's only a few years younger than, or a couple of years younger than Big K. So I think it could be an age thing as well. Maybe. (laughs) But especially if he's spending a majority of his time with his mom and he's not doing it and then he's expected to do it in your house, he's like, well, why should I have to do it here? I'm not here that often. Why should I have to do it? Yeah, and that's exactly it. 
Um, he also is like going through something where he wants help with absolutely everything. And this happened before we even knew we were pregnant. So like, I'm like now like worried about when he sees us doing everything for the baby that it's going to get worse. But like, it's constant that he wants to be taken care of. So we're assuming that's what's happening in the other house on some level. I know it happens with his other grandma and I know he's spending more time with her <laughs> lately. So that's probably where it is because when Big, so. K, when Big K comes back from his dad's, I know when he's been spending the time with his grandmother and not him. And it's like, I think it's the movie Step Brothers. It's like, hey, Ma, the meatloaf. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is what Big K comes back like. He demands it of me. Like, he's in touch for me to fix him a sandwich. Like, dude, you know where the fridge is. Go right. make yourself a sandwich. Or he'll go, are you making me lunch? Uh, no, if you're hungry, make yourself lunch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess, like, I don't know. I have, like, this, like, conversation with my husband all the time where he's like, oh, like, I wish my mom would, like, tell him, like, if he's doing something she doesn't want him to do, I wish she would just, like, discipline him. I'm like, grandparents don't discipline. You can't expect her to do that. But then at the same time, when he's with his other grandma and he spends so much time with her alone, she's just so toxic. And she'll just like, it's, it just seems like more than just babying him like a grandma would. She just like full on like take, takes care of everything for him. Yeah. Right. It is just way too much. <laughs> Talking about the toxic grandmother, has there been any fix on the situation? No, we haven't talked about it again since then. Um She's like on this kick where he gets sick at our house all the time. So that's what every conversation is about. Yeah. she Every single time he leaves here, she's like, he's sick again. It's like, you know, he's not. He was fine all weekend. Like he has allergies. And I think that's what she's seeing because we live in like a more wooded area and she doesn't. So yeah. I feel like that's what she's seeing is he's sick again. Could you give him an antihistamine before he goes back? We do. He takes one every day, even with her. So it's like, maybe she knows he has allergies. One. Yeah, maybe. It's like every time I pick up Big J lately, he's got this sniffly, runny nose. I'm like, mate, are you sick or do you have allergies? I don't know. Mate, mate, if you need some antihistamine, tell me. I'll give it to you. Tell your mum that you need it because she's oblivious if you don't tell her. It's like it took for him going, mum, buy me cotton tips so I can clean my ears. For her to, yeah, she's like, oh, just use a face washer. He's like, I can't do that because... My husband and his children have disgusting ears. They overproduce wax. Oh. So, like, she was telling him to, like, use a face washer and just clean your ear that way. And it does not work. No, it doesn't work. It could work for someone who doesn't overproduce wax. Like, it could just wipe the wax away. But they develop, like, this thick sludge. Like, I clean Miss K's ears, like, every two days. Oh, my gosh. She she can feel it. Like, I already know that I'm going to be dealing with her in like an OCD way because she comes to me and goes, Mama, my ears dirty. Clean it. Oh, my God. And it will be. I'll be like, don't be stupid. I just cleaned it two days ago and I'll clean it and it will be like this thick brown sludge. Like, So she can really feel it. She can feel it. And these boys used to have, I've, I know I've sent you pictures before, the boys used to have earwax dripping out of their ears. So I get like a face washer in the ear could clean that away, but like, just inside the ear canal, like you need to clean that shit. Yeah. I've never once put face wash in my ears. <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't either. But I could get I could get for a normal person that doesn't overproduce wax, but this kid needs to clean his ears every two days. Yeah. And he she's like, they're bad for you. And he goes, Well, you know what? I don't want to go to school with wax pouring out of my ears. So I need you to buy them for me. Yeah. How are they bad for you? Because, you know, the whole theory that if you put cotton tips in your ears, it pushes the wax further down. Um, I guess. I don't believe that, though. Especially in that case. Like, he has to get it out somehow. Exactly. Like, and we've tried the liquid sprays and stuff like that. It doesn't work. Unless I'm pouring, like, peroxide in his ears. Right. It's not cleaning that shit out. That is so crazy. (laughs) It's disgusting. Like, and I know I've sent you photos of these boys' ears. (laughs) (laughs) especially when we're going through court and I was taking photos every fortnight and it would just be leaking out it was fucking disgusting and this woman would not buy the kids cotton tips to clean their ears that is horrible because like your husband has been doing that like cleaning it his whole life with 
contents, I'm guessing, right? Yep. So, and he's okay, so. Absolutely. I've been cleaning my ears. My mom grew up in a country town, like rural country town. There was like five houses in the whole town that she lived. And so she grew up on a farm. She tells us it wasn't a farm, but to me it was a farm. Like her dad grew his own produce. They had cows and they had sheep and chickens and pigs like it was a it was a bloody farm farm. (laughs) and like my nan would pour peroxide in the kids ears to clean their ears out so I grew up with my mom doing that to me and then my brother who's a doctor is like you cannot do that that is so bad and I'm like well if it works it works (laughs) right (laughs) that's so funny (laughs) so let's get back to how the Disney parent can hurt the kids because we got sidetracked a little bit there yeah. Um, you've written some really good talking points on this, which I think we've touched on a little bit. So maybe we just rattle through the dot points. Do you want to do it? Yeah, I think. Yeah, sure. Um, so they'll have, well, I should say they can have less respect for you if you're not doing any disciplining or anything like that. They won't really see you as a parent figure and more like a friend. And kids secretly want boundaries and rules, even though they'll never admit that but they want more than just sugar and new toys um and ice cream for breakfast absolutely and oh and the kids need a parent and they need your time and love not just gifts which i think is like the most important part of not being a disney dad or a disney parent absolutely i see it with bk (laughs) and i guess that's why he's so frustrated with his dad like his dad was so focused on having fun with him on the weekend that he forgot to make him do his homework which led for him to get in trouble Right. And it's like, you can see both sides, but you need to like put parenting first and make like Absolutely. make sure he's doing his homework. Absolutely. And it's not like you need to parent when you're in the other time, like how Karen makes my calls my husband and goes, you need to parent little Jay because he's acting out. Yeah. This is no. parent in your own time. Yes. You don't parent from about both households. It's like, I feel like I have to say that so many times when I get like DMs about like what to do in the, when the ex or whoever is doing something like you can't parent from both households like that's just the way it is you have to only parent in yours absolutely unless of course you have a cohesive co-parenting relationship with both where both parents can parent in each other's households and each parent follows through and disciplines otherwise it's not going to work yeah exactly and like when big i said it the other week when big k got a detention when he was in my care i didn't even really tell his dad about it because it wasn't it wasn't a severe detention. Playing in the rain is not worthy of communicating with the other parent. No. If he had done something severe, I would have gone, hey, heads up, this is what happened. This is how I've disciplined him. I still banned him from technology for the remaining two days that he was with me, knowing that he was going to his dad's, knowing that his dad would not follow through even if I said I banned him from technology. Right. So you can't parent from both houses. But if the child gets in trouble on the day they come to you at school, you're responsible for disciplining them, yeah. not being a Disneyland dad or a Disneyland mom and waiting for them to go home to the other parent. Right. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. So if you pick your kid up at three o'clock on a Friday and they've had a detention that day, that's your responsibility to discipline yes. them. I totally agree. Yeah. You know, and if it's severe enough that they've been suspended from school, or you know, they did something bad, then communicate that with the other parent, whether you're the Disneyland parent or not. You have to discipline right. them. You can't just wait an entire weekend, send them back to the other parent and go, oh, by the way, on Friday, they got suspended from school from fighting, so good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Something like suspended from school for fighting is, like, one of the few things I can see, like, having a cohesive relationship on a punishment for. Like, something that's, like, severe enough that you're both going to have to work on that with them. Um, otherwise, we don't follow through with karen's punishments either i can tell you it ain't it doesn't work if you're not cohesive with karen it ain't gonna work Lil j got suspended while in her care for fighting like he stomped on a kid's head oh my god (laughs) yeah so he stomped on a kid's head he got suspended from school for fighting in her care expected my husband to discipline she did not follow through. The very next day while he was on his suspension, he was playing Xbox, and I know it because Miss K was watching Disney on our Xbox here, and it popped up that Little J was online. Oh, oh my God. Because they're friends here right. so that when 
big keys here, they can play together when they're in their other house. Right. So don't expect the other parent. Yeah. Like ne- never hold that expectation and don't. And when they contact you and go, oh, you need to make sure you uphold this discipline when they come to your house. No, you don't. Use your own yeah. judgment. We don't do that either. Especially like she said like, oh, he's banned from screen time this week and we don't know what he did. So we're not going to like, like uphold that punishment. Well, even after little Jay got suspended, we were still expected to uphold the punishment here, but yet she wasn't following it in her house. Uh, No, no wonder the kid doesn't want to come here because you're manipulating him into believing that we're the bad guys. Yeah. Yeah. So the Disneyland parent can also be the custodial parent. Yeah. And that, that's definitely like, I know we already said it, but it is not okay when you have that much care. Like you're taking care of them that often. You can't be the Disneyland parent. <laughs> no, you can't. You have 60% Even... custody. That doesn't work. And I get I guess that goes with alienation as well. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, an, you're alienator, totally right an alienator will try to be the Disneyland parent because they want to make the child believe that their house is better. Yeah. I totally agree with that. So and I added one thing to your list there which was if they choose to spend more time, when I say if they, I mean the kids, if they choose to spend more time at the Disney house, they will be in for a shock when the dynamic changes with more rules and responsibilities. That is so true, yeah. And I can talk about that firsthand because Big J for so long said, I want to live with you. 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 Well, when it happened and the rules changed, he's like, you have so many rules. Mum doesn't have rules. And all of a sudden, mum's house karen's house became the better house right but at the same time he still keeps coming here (laughs) so that goes to show that kids do want the boundaries they do want the rules it's like little jay he will fight and part of it is the autism part of it is being a mummy's boy and the alienation and he will fight going why do i have to go to dad's house but then he has an absolute blast of a week and then he gets shitty that he has to leave the structure, the routine, the discipline and go back to chaos. Right. And I know that I say on Instagram that my blend is chaotic, but it is chaotic because of how I have to do stuff. And that's where I got the name, my blended chaos. But really we live a very structured, well-disciplined life. We have a very structured, disciplined household. When the boys go to their other homes, it is absolute chaos for them. And no wonder their brains don't function properly there. Yeah. I definitely, definitely agree with that. And I know we talked about that before where um, our Karen was saying that uh, T had like behavioral issues or whatever. And I Mm -hmm. really just think it's because her house is chaotic and ours isn't. Yeah. And it affects the kids more than you think it does. It's like, it's very common with autistic children to develop school refusal where they don't want to go to school. And generally there's a reason why. And I'm still looking more into it and I'm trying to find other families online that have experienced this. So if there's anyone listening that can give me some advice, please contact me. But little Jay has school refusal, but only in the other home. Oh, really? So he will kick, he will fight. Big Jay was telling me just this morning, he was beating the crap out of his mother out, out the front of the school. Oh my Swearing God. at her, calling her an F and see you in the NT. Oh yeah, out the front of the school to the point she smacked him out the front of the school. Another kid saw it and was laughing at him. And he's like, oh, I'm going to beat the crap out of that little so-and-so. Oh, no. We don't experience any of that. And I'm an open book. So if I get on here next week and I say, oh, my God, we've just had the worst week and little Jay's got school refusal, I will own it. Right. But currently to this day, we do not experience any of that. And I don't know if it's because we're structured and he knows he gets up in the morning, he makes his bed, he gets dressed for school, he packs his lunch, we get in the car, we drive to school. I'm sure that's exactly it. The only day we have issues is on that Wednesday when he has to transition to his mum and he becomes violent with everyone and he can't express his feelings. Right. And that's, that's why so why previously in therapy, his therapists have said it's probably because we have structure, we have routine, and he doesn't have that in the other home. Yeah, I, all kids need routine, but I'm sure like being autistic, it probably is a whole different situation, but he still needs routine. I'm they, sure of it. They need more structure and more routine. I could definitely see from, that. From what I've read and my understanding, and it explains big K to a, like 
from a very young age, he didn't like the constant swapping and changing and the several transitions in a week. Yeah. No, he's I could definitely understand. He's always preferred a block of time. So they they suggest here in Australia that if you're doing care, like a two, two, three is recommended, especially when the children are young, like babies, toddlers, young children in primary school. But he did not cope transitioning backwards and forwards. But as right. soon as that time was compressed into a a larger block of time less often, he coped better. I can definitely see that transition day is rough for us both ways. It is. So it's like yeah. if he's doing that several times a week, like yeah, he hates I, it. I completely disagree. I will be the first person to say that 223 does not work. Yeah. No, I don't. Uh, we haven't tried it, but I know it wouldn't work just based on how he reacts on transition days. And I also disagree with it because I have a friend whose stepson starts school next year and their care arrangement is due to change when he starts school. And she's like, oh, I think we'll move our transition day to Monday. And I said, why? And said, you're telling me that you're already having issues with him when you transition on a Friday. Why yeah. would you move it to a Monday when he's going to school? Why not have it on the Friday where you can do the fun activities and he can relax into the routines of your home and then go back to school? Right. And that's where I think the boys function better. And I think that's kind of where little Jay struggles on that Wednesday when he has to go back to Karen because it's halfway through his school week. Yeah, I could see that. We we transition on Thursdays and he does better transitioning on Thursday where he has to go to school the next day instead of Friday where he's just yeah. like home. So he does better for us. Like it's not really midweek, but I get it. And that, that the Thursday would kind of be all right. I can understand why that big K used to do a Thursday, a Thursday and a Monday transition when he was a toddler before school. But like the boys transition on a Friday, they come here, they have the weekend to unwind and relax. And then they go back to school. Whereas I feel like if they didn't have that time to unwind and relax, if they transitioned to us at the beginning of the week, I feel like they would do more poorly at school. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Because the children need that time to unwind and relax. Heck, I need that time to unwind and relax when the kids show up. (laughs) Yeah, really. Transition day is like a stressful day for everyone in my house. So I totally get that. Yeah. Okay, so now we are just going to jump into our listener questions. And our first one is, if bio mom is a Disney mom, how do we deal with being the less preferred house because we don't do all the fun stuff? You kind of touched on that earlier. I did. And I don't know. I don't know if I have anything more to say on it. (laughs) We're the less preferred house too. And it's just something you kind of have to get over because it's like, obviously it's not fun to be the less preferred house, but at some point they're going to realize that like we spent time with them. We didn't just buy them gifts and stuff. So absolutely. And we were once the preferred house because we did the fun stuff. Now we're the least preferred house because they spend more time here. And although we do fun stuff, we have more rules. Right. Which is like a good mix though. Cause like you need the rules, but you also need the fun stuff. So yeah. And I know as the kids get older, we kind of explain to them that we can't afford to do the stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, of course, Karen's getting paid $16,000 a year. So, of course, you can go out and buy the kids brand new Nike Air Force Ones. Yeah. So I'm glad our child support is going to good use. Yeah. Like, but don't don't come at us wanting us to pay for a doctor's bill when you're going out buying Nike Air Force Ones. This is like one of the most common conversations in our house. Like he comes over in Disney clothes or designer clothes. Disney clothes. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I was going to say he goes to Disney World and he comes over yeah. and in designer clothes and yeah. we pay for half of that, but he doesn't realize that. So yeah. it's like she's a Disney mom taking him to do this fun stuff, but we're paying for it. And then she wants more money for everything else. So I'm glad that legally, because she hasn't taken us to child to court for child support, we don't legally have to pay extra for anything. Oh, we don't either. We usually and don't either. We were already paying her 10% of our household income. And now it's more like 20% of our household income that goes directly to her. I don't know what ours is, but it's high. <laughs> I'll right. have to figure out the percentage. Yeah. So I'll read the next listener question, which was, I have mixed feelings. Stepdaughter's bio mom doesn't take her or enroll 
her in anything, not even going to the playground. So when we do a dads, I often analyze, does that make us Disney dads for providing activities for stepdaughter? She's only with us three weekends a month. Well, I'm glad you have three weekends a month, but if you're doing like structured activities, I wouldn't say that that makes you a Disney parent. No, especially like the playground. That's just something fun to go to. It's It's not like you're just normal. Yeah. It's not like you're just, like, buying gifts and, I don't know, like, taking her to, like, some fun place just specifically to have fun and not do any parenting. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I take Miss Kay to the playground. That yeah. doesn't make me a Disney mom. Right. Um, You know, I we pay for Big J to play his football because it's something that he really wants. And although Karen gets the shits because we pay for it and we make him do it and we facilitate the training and everything, I think she... I, I have a feeling that the reason that she refuses to facilitate it is because she was hoping that the more difficult she made it, we wouldn't do it. Oh, that's, that's hard. That's what I'm seeing now. Like she refuses to pay for it. She refuses to go shares, but she wants us to pay for half of everything else. She won't take him to and from training. She sometimes takes him to games, not always. I think she actually tries to make it as difficult as possible. In Why does she not want him to play? It's not that she doesn't want him to play, but she doesn't want him to enjoy doing something that I enjoy that we put him into. Um, and because it's also something that him and I bonded over. Oh, so, there you go. <laughs> so her family is very AFL orientated. My husband's family is very um, rugby union orientated, whereas I grew up playing rugby league. That is something that Big J and I bonded over. And I guess that could be why we have that close relationship. We have a lot more in common. we play together we watch games together and I taught him how to play and then (laughs) after I taught him how to play he started begging to play so I don't know entirely if it's that she just doesn't want him in a team sport or if she just doesn't can't be bothered or if it really stems down to the fact that it's something that him and I bonded over and very well could be that because it could be even even if she like I don't know didn't care about sports or didn't like what couldn't be bothered or whatever Fighting that hard for your kid not to play a sport is crazy. It is. Like that they want to play. It's not like you're doing it against his will. Absolutely. And it's like Big K playing the viola. He wanted to play. I absolutely know nothing about playing an instrument. His father does. Does it stop me paying for it? No. Does it stop me letting him do it? No. I support him because it's something he wants to do. I did tell him that he has to commit for a full 12 months. If after the 12 months he doesn't want to do it anymore, that's fine. But you, once you start, you've got to commit. Yeah, that's fair. So, and if you want to talk about being guilty about signing kids up for activities, I feel guilty because I just signed Miss K up for swimming lessons. And now I have mum guilt because I couldn't take big K to swimming lessons when he was her age because I was working full time. So this stepmom has um, nothing to worry about, about signing the stepkid up for activities because that's important. It's important for their social development and to just form skills. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like the line is, well, first of all, if you're worried about it, you're probably not being a Disney dad. But um, yeah, I feel like the line is that you're not spending as much quality time with them as you are. Like, you're not worried about spending as much quality time with them as you are just about getting them stuff and having fun with them. So the quality time is the important part. So I think that's it. Our last one is how do you get your significant other to realize they have guilty dad syndrome? I don't think you can get them to realize. I think they need to realize on their own. I think so too. You can like, you can drop subtle hints. Yeah, or like encourage like rules and stuff. Like you could start a conversation being like, oh, I think we, I did this. I think we should start having him do chores and taking care of I did too. like his own stuff. <laughs> yeah, it was very much so I introduced the same thing going, well, hey, you know, big case two and four years younger than the older boys, and he do does more around the house. Yes, he's here more, but they're also older. So shouldn't right. they be doing more chores? Shouldn't they be taking more responsibility? Why is it always fun when they're here, but then all of a sudden they leave? And I think I touched on this earlier. Yeah. Is that, you know, Big K had the rules. Then the boys came and it was all fun time. Playtime, yay. And then the boys would leave and it's back to, all right, do your chores. Right. And the do the chores wasn't just coming from me. It was coming from my husband. But it's like they went, they got paused when the boys came. Right. Yeah. I could see that being so confusing for him. 
Yeah. And it took my husband a while to realize it. And I had to pull him up a few times, go, are you doing the dishes again? Yeah. And he and he'd turn around to me and say, Oh, sorry, whose turn is it to do the dishes? And I'd be like, Oh, well, Big K um Big J did them last night. He'll go, All right, little J, come do your dishes. That's fair. <laughs> he still helps them do it, but at least they're participating. Yeah. So and he does help Big K do the dishes sometimes, especially when he's home. But I'm the lazy mum who this one job that I do not want to do. I do not want to stack and I do not want to unstack the dishwasher. I would rather hang washing up on the clothesline outside than stack and unstack the dishwasher. So I do not help the kids do that because I just, it's one job that I cannot stand to do. That's my husband too. He has like this insane disdain for doing dishes. And I'm like, where did this come from? Was this your was job he forced as a kid? To do it a, yeah, I was like, was he forced to do it as a kid? Because I was, sure. but, but we didn't have a dishwasher back then. So I had to scrub the dishes by hand in boiling hot water. Oh, <laughs> I so know I he like, had a dishwasher when he was a kid, so I don't I don't know if he had to do them or not. But Yeah, so I just, I hate it. I'll do it if I have to. Like if my husband's away, the kids aren't there, the dishes need to be done. Well, we've been recording for an hour and 15 minutes, so. So once again, thank you for writing in. Thank you for sharing your stories. Thank you for listening. Please follow us on Instagram and subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, wherever you like to listen. And don't forget to leave us a review. Bye. Bye.